And here's a little something on decentralized solar power. Um, everybody realizes that the uh, nuclear industry is centralized. I mean, it takes billions to build and site a reactor and yada, 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 and come up with excuses for why the waste is just stored in a big swimming pool and it's been there for 40 years, and that's just, that's temporary. Um, because someday we're going to find a place to put the waste. Uh, I won't bother here to, uh, I'll just remind you all that Helen Caldicott is still around and uh, she's on Twitter, I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, she's been telling us what's wrong with nuclear power for 50 years and does a great job of it. But basically there's nowhere to put the waste and there's things like Fukushima. Uh, I boy, you could sure change that name just a little bit, and uh, that have just proven over and over again that you know they build these reactors and they say it'll pay for itself over a hundred years, and then twenty years later it's it's offline because of some kind of little problem, and um, there's been millions of little spills that they've concealed, and then they, you know they find well a truck overturned, and actually you know, well I am. Uh, so we can't do anything about it. And, you know, it's just, a, it's just a scam, really, because the power companies can do, like, PG&E, when they spent money, this was back when I was a kid, they, had a, they were regulated to how much they could make on their uh, investment of capital, and that meant that if they could spend a billion dollars on a... Uh, a nuclear plant, then they, they could add that, they could cost that out and they could make money on that even if the nuclear plant never went online and never produced any power because it fit their regulatory formula. That was, they could, they had so much losses to write off and therefore they were entitled to write those, charge those out to the consumer and charge out a profit. So they didn't lose a damn thing. Um, decentralized solar is the opposite. Um, now, my vision of a uh, decentralized solar system, no, no, not that solar system, is that you would make a, a, a modular panel, it's probably be four feet wide, and then it would come in like 20, 22, 24, 28 feet long, whatever, and it would be placed by a cherry picker crane and it would be uh, it would replace the insulation the roof sheathing and the roofing as well as being a solar panel so as soon as you got to to uh, your bare rafters you'd be done with the roof and then you would go to a federal agency something like Tennessee Valley Authority and you'd say okay, I want to put my solar panels on the roof now. And, and they, they would send out a contractor, which would be a worker co-op, of course, which would then place those panels, and you would either pay for them with a no-interest loan, um, or you would just lease them from the federal agency. might be an even smarter way to do it, where the agency would just be charging you 
basically whatever it costs to the, the to maintain uh, those panels. Now you're connected to the grid, so you can sell electricity in order to pay for your lease, and you also hopefully would have a little bit. Uh, you'd be able to generate a little bit more uh, power than what it would take to pay the lease. And so by uh, selling most of the power, you would be able to have like a, 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 a battery of storage devices like batteries, um, maybe underneath the house, like they dig a little part basement for them or something. And uh, so you could put away a little bit of your energy and then uh, uh, you could sell power. I'm envisioning a computer-controlled system where the, the prices on the grid keep going up and down based on how much is available so that like uh, operations that use a lot of power like foundries or something like that uh, or maybe I want to I want to run a kiln and um, and kiln a bunch of pottery. So I say, well, I'm going to need seven hours of so many uh, watts of electricity, and then well, they're predict predicting the weather and stuff like that, and they would say, okay, you can put a bid on surplus electricity in this slot tomorrow at beginning at X time and and you can buy that block of electricity and then when the time comes uh, if the if the excess power is available then their computer tells my computer and my computer turns the kiln on and I buy that cheap electricity in order to to uh, cook my ceramics so uh, because everybody would be doing this kind of thing, you would have times when your electricity was of lower value, and that's when you'd charge your own batteries. Then these things like when the cold knocked out the uh, uh, grid components in Texas, of course that was really just caused by greed, but to the extent that that sort of stuff happens naturally, uh, anybody who had has taken the trouble to to go deal with this federal agency and get their and get some solar panels on their roof would also have some batteries underneath the house, and so they'd be able to turn on the television and their computer and some lights around the house. And yeah, okay, you know, you you don't, maybe you don't wash clothes right now, but you could do you know sort of your normal stuff. And uh, uh, and that would be uh, obviously that would be nice for uh, missing the power outages. I mean, even just a single car battery with a you know, if you just had like a couple of light bulbs in the house, of course LEDs, and um, and you could run your computer, you know, then you could get on YouTube and watch a movie or something you know, having no power at all and you can't even see to walk around in the house, you know, that's pretty, that's, 
that, that was that's really tough, especially if it goes on for a while. Another thing that decentralized power would be able to do is that the grid would have local components. Uh, that is, the, the grid is kind of like a tree, so you've got a small little branch of the tree that leads out to your little uh, town, city, subdivision, whatever. And then maybe there's like, say, um, a farming, a worker co-op that does... Uh, in my vision, worker co-ops replace... Uh, corporations entirely we don't have any stock corporations you can't own stock in a company you don't work for that's a worker co-op and you can't work there without owning stock so you have to be a member of it and then your banking is just did worker co-ops do your banking for you your retail banking and the wholesale stuff is controlled by the state which gets its money from the fed uh and only the state's banks would be able to go to the Fed. So coming back around to your local grid, uh, maybe they have, say, it's a farm. Well, so they've got um, Great Big Barn, and they've got, you know, a huge bunch of solar cells up on that. They've got electric tractors, and they've got uh, a robot cultivator and weeder, uh, devices that are uh, that are electric powered uh, little like baby tractors that drive up and down in, in the row itself and chop down the weeds one at a time by recognizing them with scanning them and analyzing what they see with a computer and uh, that's a careless weed <laughs> cut it off and uh, those system naturally uh, that worker co-op would have um, a big bunch of batteries and probably it wouldn't be any big deal for the co-op to also have uh, to pay uh, at least to the federal government for batteries beyond what they actually have any need for themselves right and you got a whole bunch of workers in this place so there's there's people there to do like whatever maintenance and testing and record keeping on the batteries I don't know what you have to do to maintain them very little probably but they would be there to do it and they'd have a safe place for the batteries to sit and all that kind of thing and then uh, if the power went out on the larger scale well, then immediately this co-op would be uh, calling into the grid operators and saying, okay, we aren't going to, it's really cold anyway. We're, we don't need to do uh, our tractor work and we don't need to do our robot cultivator work. So we can assign a... Uh, our, our emergency reserve and our normal tractor operating power to uh, covering our local neighborhood, you know, for like a week or something while the power gets back on. And then, so that branch would, would 
uh, still be running and presumably the worker co-op would get like you know another an extra penny or two to kill one hour over what they normally would sell their power for um, you know something to to uh, uh, to make it worth their while to to have capacity for other people to use but it's spread out it's decentralized in case of any kind of a natural disaster breaking the grid in one spot doesn't cut off everybody that's on the other side of the grid because it's not a centralized grid and you would maybe have like things like a somebody's got a plant where they um, where they get rid of um, medical waste by incineration and maybe they also burn some stuff like uh, um, trash from households with you know the material recovery center has already picked the stuff over but you've got you know film bags with all kinds of gunk stuck to them and various kind of just filthy things that you can't recycle or reuse or anything and um, you've taken that and and shredded it and then uh, when there's a desperate need for power that shredded stuff goes into the incinerator and it runs a, a steam turbine and that's just a, a held back emergency like you don't you don't even use that except uh, you know maybe like you run it during the winter uh, normally in order to, to get the pile down and then but then when the pile gets down to a certain size you stop using it and you hold that for an emergency so then everybody when when this main system is cut off everybody that's up the branch where that uh, medical waste incinerator uh, is sited is able to, to buy power from the medical waste incinerator and um, you have a this federal agency that's like the TVA that's over all of this, and it sets the rates so that uh, you know reasonably so that it, that that uh, these worker co-ops that that operate these things, you know, we we don't want the guys that work there to be making a million a year because of power outages, but we do want them all to be making a good living. So you know, they do get. They do get to charge a premium for uh, supplying emergency power. And uh, that's, you know, if you think about the national security aspect of it, too, uh, you know, we would be more secure. Not that that's really, I wouldn't worry about it too much, but if somebody attacks something, if they... Uh, break up some part of the grid the fact that there's a lot of stuff spread out there means that there would be ways of of getting power you know there would be ways of generating some hydrogen to to uh, for hydrogen powered trucks to be able to stay on the road even though the main power plant that they normally used is is offline hey we've got a backup we're decentralized and this decentralization is 
fundamental to democracy. Centralization creates authoritarian systems. That's what they liked about the nuclear power. It's centralized. You can't have, you can't put a reactor in your backyard. Only they can do it. And so you have to be a giant corporation to play. Therefore, you have to be in with Wall Street. Therefore, here in the oligarchy owns everything. And da 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 da. And it's not, it, 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 it's not a, a kind of system where everybody can play by putting solar panels on their roof. And that's why the system where they can put solar panels on their roof is much better. And that's what I mean when I talk about decentralized solar.